Coming up on podcast 1873, the BYD seal U for Europe. BMW's i5 production begins and Ford's increasing inventory. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the podcast today, Tesla's new financing. New Tesla Nax connector for another charging maker and Neo's power move. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Robert C. Whitmore Jr. Robert, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, the Patreon supporters is largely how I make a living. Bit of advertising on the podcast as well, but otherwise, it's thanks to you guys. Individuals, companies as well, producers, executive producers, everyone on Patreon gets the podcast ad-free. But I couldn't do this without you, and thank you so much for your support. It's amazing what the patrons do. And Robert, another name, will add you to the list. Thank you, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You've heard that a few times. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 24th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. I'm here to save you time. We'll start with a video by my friend Derek Riley from the EV Review Ireland channel, which is going under a rebrand. I'll tell you more about that soon. The BYD seal you is going to be coming to Europe. Now, BYD uh, were generous enough to fly Derek out to China to drive it, and he's made a brilliant YouTube video all about it. It's online right now. Link in the show notes. BYD's Song Plus, uh, the Champion Edition, is what it's known as in China, I believe, and that, when it makes its debut in Europe this year, will be called the Seal U. It's going to be unveiled at the Munich Auto Show in September, and the letter U stands for Utility. It's, yeah, it's like a VW ID4, basically. It's not a million miles away from ID4 Model Y. Uh, the CLU's design and interior remain consistent with the Chinese model. 15.6-inch rotating central screen. I can't work out whether this central screen that rotates from portrait to landscape is a gimmick or brilliant. I think it's brilliant. The vehicle has a single power motor for the European market, maximum power of 160 kilowatts, two battery sizes though, baby battery 72 kilowatt hours, big daddy battery 87 kilowatt hours. That is 420 kilometers or 261 miles for the small one and 500 Ks or 310 miles for the big battery, WLTP standard that is, uh, sporting a what they call the dragon face aesthetic, a uh, very refined front end. And event, a very Tesla-ish uh, design, sleek DRLs, thin lights, blanked off grill, active cooling, 11 kilowatt AC charging, 140 kilowatt DC charging, LFP blade battery, 80% charge in 28 minutes, a dual charging pads inside for your phones, the crystal mode selector, big driver display as well, head up display, physical control buttons, a 360 degree camera, panoramic glass roof, vehicle to load, and the BYD seal you will come either at the end of this year or beginning of next year. Now, here's the pricing. Well, I don't know, but uh, they haven't told us. But if it begin, if the base model begins with a two, everyone else is in trouble because this is enormous value. The seats look gorgeous. The car is designed fine. Nor to 60 in something like nine seconds. They've added no performance to this car. Charging is okay. Could be quicker, but it's fine. 140 kilowatts is okay. But 
Very luxurious inside for the money. It's very softly sprung. It'll waft around. It'll float around. It's great for families. Let's let's face it, families wreck cars as much as we all try and clean our cars on a Sunday. But uh, if it, if the base model of this begins with a two, it's game over for so many others, like the ID4. Uh, I noticed that uh, there's some, well, the VW finance news I'll bring you uh, later, if not today, then tomorrow, offering 0% financing to try and shift cars. But either way, um, the, the top model would be beginning with a three, I imagine, maybe 37, 38,000 pounds or euros. Uh, it's a big battery. It's almost 90 kilowatts, the battery, a kilowatt hours, the battery. So, you know, that's going to be a little more expensive. But the, the level of equipment is just really nice. But you'll be buying a BYD. You know, it's not a VW and it's not a, a Hyundai or a Kia or any of those brands which you might be more familiar with. I'll pop a link to Derek's video in the show notes because it's it's a good video and uh, uh, we're allowed to talk about that now. Next, BMW kicks off the i5 production, their electric 5 series, been in the works for over six years and the 5 series has been a big contributor to BMW's success. It's BMW's second best ever selling vehicle. i5 is slightly larger it's all electric, obviously, compared to the previous generation. It's a bit bigger. BMW's latest tech and software is inside, OS 8.5 on that. It's being made at the Dingelfing plant in Germany, BMW's largest vehicle production site in Europe. It's going to be made alongside the iX, which is beautiful, and the i7, which is beautiful. Uh, BMW i5 is available in two variants, the 40 and the 60, either the eDrive 40 or the M60 performance version, starting at $66,000 equivalent. I've got the dollar pricing here for some reason. And uh, that's 335 horsepower, 5 seconds, 0 to 60. Uh, performance M60 is almost 600 horsepower and 3.5 seconds, 0 to 60 miles an hour. Now, let's talk Tesla. They have introduced new financing terms for their EV customers, extending the payoff period to 84 months uh, to provide more flexibility. Uh, Previously, in the design studio, you could do 36, 48, 60 or 72 months, at least in the US, and it's now 84 months you can choose. Longer loan terms can be expensive because of the interest accrued over the loan's life, but they can offer advantages, potentially more flexibility, but potentially so much interest that if the prices of EVs were to fall or collapse or Tesla residuals went down, um, you'd end up spending more in interest than the car is worth. Despite the increase in orders because of the financing option, full self-driving transfer policy has been news lately as well. Uh, We think all of these things designed to shift cars before the Model 3 refresh. Now, it does allow customers who are tight on cash to spread their payments over a longer period. Interest rates are currently a 16-year high, anywhere between 5 and and 5.5% because the Federal Reserve's rate hikes, which all began uh, about uh, March last year, wasn't it? Elon Musk has previously expressed concerns about the impact of rate uh, interest rate hikes on the automotive business. Also, they're reducing prices. Tesla's now applied further discounts to their inventory Model 3, and that's new inventory. So it's just a vehicle that's been made and hasn't got an owner yet. A new Model 3 Zero miles, brand new car, 37,940. 
discounts on the Model 3 is ranging from several hundred dollars to over $5,000. Model Y discounts are less significant, but almost $3,000. With the full federal tax credit, Model 3 can be obtained for around $30,000. But stay with me for that. I've got another story coming soon. Uh, Tesla is... Some people say clearing the decks and just trying to shift as much old Model 3 or existing Model 3, I should say, while there's interest in that vehicle before Highland arrives. Model 3 Highland, that's the code name for the refresh. We should get to see that soon, later this year. It's going to look differently on the outside. It's going to be made differently as well. Model Y update will follow next year in 2024. Now, how cheap can you get a Model Three as a brand new car. One California resident bought a new Model 3 recently for less than $15,000 without tax. That's $18,500 after taxes and fees. How did he do it? Well, his name's Zohar, and he bought the rear-wheel drive Model 3, 18-inch wheels, midnight silver paint, and the white interior. It was in inventory, so he got the inventory discount. They're taking $4,000 off the list price. That was the sticker price of $37,120 for a new Tesla. A $500 referral uh, bonus reduced it to $36,620. He qualified for top rebates in each program for low, low-income individuals, had a good credit score, and his income increased this year, so he was eligible for the federal clean vehicle credit, $7,500. Dollars, uh, California's Clean Vehicle Rebate Project, $7,500. 4000 from the Electrify Your Ride program on the Central Coast, uh, the Community Energy. $4,000 from Monterey Bay Resource District, and $7,500, like I say, federal tax credit. So that was $23,000 of stacked incentives, just because of where he lived and because of his financial situation. Uh, the Model 3 cost him $13,620 with destination and the 9.25% tax rate where he lives in his area. Uh, he paid out of pocket $18,525. Wow. For a brand new Model 3 in Midnight Silver. Beautiful. White interior as well. Hello. Wow. $18,525. Okay, unique case maybe, uh, but still a cool little story I thought I'd bring you. Now, Ford say that high inventory isn't a problem for them. Ford Model E's vice president of EV programs, Darren Palmer, someone I've spoken to a couple of times, thanks to the Friday morning podcast that I do with uh, Dom and Tom and Kyle. I've uh, been lucky enough to uh, be on those videos and, and talk to Darren. He is a rock star in the EV industry. He, he just... I'm going to sound, you know, like I'm just sort of <laughs> justifying this with tenuous reasons. He just gets it. You know, you just talk to people who just, he just gets it. I'd rather, I can't put my finger on it. He just gets it. Anyway, uh, he says it's premature to worry about an EV inventory story that came out recently. Despite a record in uh, EV sales in the US in the second quarter, with 300,000 EV units sold, more EVs than ever are starting to sit on dealership lots. It's a uh, supply of EVs of over 100 days in the past month. 
Now, Darren Palmer explained that Ford has been constrained on production since launching the Mac-E, the F-150 Lightning and the E-Transit. He, so he said, we're just beginning to load up dealers with EV inventory until now. Every Mac-E and Lightning was back-ordered uh, back and people were waiting months for the things. Now they'll have access to better deals. Ford built out the capacity and the volume is coming online now. Also introducing the new LFP battery packs and other changes in the Mac-E to give them the flexibility on different price points. And after raising the prices of the Mackie and the Ford F-150 Lightning several times over the last 12 months, uh, they are starting to cut those prices uh, now, especially on the Ford F-150 Lightning, 10 grand uh, reduced on some of those specs. Link to that story in the show notes. Right, coming up, we'll talk about uh, the Tesla Nax connector and Neo's power move. Stick around, those stories are on the way. Okay, if you'd like to strip out the adverts that you just heard, by the way, you can be a Patreon supporter. You haven't got to. I know I bang on about Patreon sometimes, but this podcast will is free and will always be free. And, and depending on where you live, depending on your IP address, you may or may not get some adverts if you're listening to the free version. But if you want to guarantee ad-free, uh, you can be an executive producer for $10 a month. Uh, some people choose to pay more, but you haven't got to do that at all. Um, uh, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Now, let's talk about Ford's EV battery deal with China being looked at by uh, investigators in America because uh, they've done a deal with China's CATL, a new manufacturing plant in Michigan, uh, could avoid restrictions on the Chinese-made EV components. According to Reuters, two separate House of Representatives committees are looking into the $3.5 billion deal that Ford did with CATL for the Michigan factory. They are uh, writing a joint letter that demands Ford answers questions about the deal with the world's biggest battery maker. The Chinese weren't happy either because it means that their IP is leaving their shores. So Ford and CL, CATL managed to um, really annoy uh, two superpowers in one announcement. But there we go. Uh, the committees assert that several hundred of the 2,500 new jobs at the plant will be filled by Chinese employees. The committees are concerned about CATL's stake in the company. Uh, of course, it's a licensing deal. It's CATL's tech licensed by Ford. It's a Ford investment. No problem, if you ask me, but there you go. Uh, Ford also, uh, oh, actually, I'll come on to uh, something else uh, in a moment, but um, talking about um, the Ford F-150 Lightning a moment ago, uh, the dealers that are involved in selling electric vehicles and I know the dealers get a really hard, a tough time sometimes because, well, like any like estate agents or any anybody uh, where there's an industry where there's probably the biggest differential of good and bad. Like I've come across terrible estate agents and great ones and terrible car dealers and great ones. And, and sometimes the bad ones tar others with that brush. Uh, but Tesla's Cybertruck will be leaving the factory soon. Of course, that'll be sold direct, much like Rivian's. But what about the Fords and the GMs of the world that sell through dealers? Well, the biggest the biggest losers in this, this whole change that we're seeing this year could end up being some of the dealers who have taken early customer orders. If a, a Lightning or a Hummer order arrives and the customer already has a truck that was delivered sooner, the dealer now has that electric truck on their lot because the order gets cancelled. And so if, if you are coming to the market with an EV later, like maybe the Chevy Silverado EV, maybe early doors, people put a deposit down on, on lots like that, the Hummer, the Lightning, the Cybertruck, and whichever one comes out first, they get that and cancel the other 
orders. Some Ford dealers who spoke with Business Insider recently said they've been turning away electric vehicle allocations from the manufacturers, uh, the manufacturer Ford, as Ford isn't alone. Even Tesla, as it rolls out the Cybertruck, uh, say that they have an inventory issue. Dealers also have more to lose than manufacturers. Car companies uh, with dealers uh, book the revenue on the car when they sell it to the dealership. Holding unsold inventory on their lots costs dealers money the longer the car is sitting there. EVs are making up more of the market, not quite 10% in the US, but it's it's going to be very soon. And it's creating more risks, says Jessica Caldwell, automotive analyst for Edmunds, because dealers have to take the risk and uh, they're not always insulated from some of the swings that happen in the EV industry, which can be pretty, uh, pretty quick these days. That's an interesting story. Right now, let's talk about Tesla's North American charging standard. The Nax connector is going to be added by Eaton's uh, chargers the green motion ev chargers uh, it's going to be added in 2024 as a retrofit option as well for existing installed ac level 2 units the sae international organization are working on the standardization of the tesla developed charging connector until then anyone adding the tesla connector will often will 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 have to go to tesla and ask for materials details spec sheets etc and work according to what they are told by tesla now mention byd at the top of the show quick mention for them uh, now the byd dolphin is arriving in australia at about 39,000 Aussie dollars, 26,000 US dollars equivalent. The Dolphin's price is way below other models on the market. I'll be closely watching to see if the Dolphin's impact on pricing in Australia has a ripple effect. The Australian Electric Vehicle Association's president, Chris Jones, notes that Chinese manufacturers have the advantage of volume with the majority of their products being sold in the Chinese market. They can bring them to other markets as well at lower risk. The Dolphin is a bit like a small, it's kind of a smaller family hatchback, like a, a Toyota Corolla. And it arrives in Australia for buyers to get in their driveways in October. Link in the show notes to that story. Neo is continuously upgrading their battery swap functions. The recent Neo Power Day, uh, they said that in the third quarter of this year, they will introduce features for battery swapping, like battery preparation beforehand and parallel battery swaps, whatever that is, as well as one click parking and the non stop battery swap feature whatever that is, I imagine that the car doesn't stop moving. You drive into the bay, and as you are moving forward, that's what it implies, the non-stop battery swap feature, good name, uh, and then you get spat out the other end in about uh, two, three minutes with a brand new full battery. Love it. Now, let's talk Mercedes-Benz targeting China for their EV drive, uh, the world's largest auto market, so... All car makers have to target China if they're serious about EVs. Ola Kalenius, who is the CEO, the Swedish CEO of Mercedes-Benz these days, emphasised the need for Mercedes-Benz to master electric propulsion and digitalization to meet the demands of Chinese customers and their expectations. Starting from the middle of the decade, all new vehicle platforms from Mercedes-Benz will exclusively produce EVs as part of their strategy outlined two, three years ago. Now, 
Let's talk a little bit about EV sales accelerating in the countryside in China. For a long time, it's been an urban story. So I've been watching out for this one. And then I saw this come across my desk and I love it. The Chinese government's been promoting the use of EVs in rural areas and they're now starting to take off. Uh, In China, it's about 25, 26% of all new vehicle sales, but rurally it's 4%. EVs, uh, but with a combined population of 500 million people, rural areas are a huge potential, and it's just starting to take off in China there as well. BMW has inaugurated a new R&D center in Shanghai. Uh, China is already home to BMW's largest R&D network outside of Germany. The new center uh, will be a key part of their electric mobility future uh, with 3,200 R&D associates working on developing new electric products for Chinese customers from the BMW brand. Uh, the <laughs> Yesterday's podcast, I was talking about how uh, Donald Trump had said that if he's re-elected, his first day in office would be to cancel all of the Biden environmental Uh, laws and greenhouse gas emissions targets for 2032 and the EV targets as well. Uh, Now, I said, let's not talk about politics again for a while. It's contentious, I know. Um, And then, thanks, Julie. Julie sent me this link to this story. And I thought, okay, I'll do this one and then no more politics. Uh, The Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act includes significant funding for green energy. And it's causing a divide amongst Republicans because some of them see the financial benefits of renewable energy projects, the chance to spend money in in sometimes rural communities or underserved communities. But others, those in charge of rubber stamping these projects, based on their politics, irrespective of the benefits, the investment, the increase in jobs, they say no. The law aims to shift the economics and politics of green energy by making the renewable option far more attractive than the fossil fuel option. However, that relies on cooperation from local and state officials. Many of those are Republicans. The law has led to a surge in proposed renewable energy projects across the US, but state and local lawmakers this year so far have blocked 547 renewable projects. It's a 15% increase from last year's total. Uh, This, the IRA, designed to reduce carbon emissions by 780 million tonnes per year by 2030. But if these renewable projects keep getting knocked back, uh, that'll certainly take a bit of a dent. Right, there you go. Right, No more politics now. That's, that's, I've done two stories in a week. <laughs> let's all try and get on. Politics can be divisive. But it isn't. I do find it interesting. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit, a couple more stories that hopefully I'll end with a smile on your face. The first one. In May earlier this year, the District of Columbia signed a contract for a device, a mystery device that they heard of. The contract was worth 680,000 US dollars. The device they were pitched was called the Energy Management Module and they were told that this device can double the range of EV batteries by rejuvenating them somehow. Government contracts have recently been cancelled, though, following scrutiny. An investigation by WUSA9 into why the government was spending $16,000 per device to fit to a car. The average cost of the the EV fleet was $27,000 per vehicle. Nobody 
could provide details to these investigative journalists about what exactly these mystery devices did to <coughs> rejuvenate a battery. Government officials said that they then began their own investigation into this technology to extend the life of their vehicles. Uh, they thought they were buying these devices that would be more efficient to keep maintenance costs down. They learnt about them when they attended the Washington Auto Show and saw a presentation for this device. This contract has now been cancelled because, as you know, and as I know, there is no mystery box out there that will double the range of an EV battery. However, government officials were sufficiently satisfied that these little boxes did exist. <laughs> Great. Love politicians. And, oh, finally, oh, you'll love this story. A driver in Wiltshire, United Kingdom, not a million miles from me, was caught speeding at 101 miles an hour. That's a problem because our speed limit here is 70. And anything over 100 is a proper ticking off. It's a day in court in front of the judge. And if you get your driving license back at the end of the day, you would be a very lucky boy. The police pulled a driver over after the... Uh, driver was caught doing 101 miles per hour in their electric vehicle. I wasn't able to find out what EV they were driving, but the defence given to the police at the time was the driver was speeding because their EV battery was running out quickly and they had to get home before the battery ran out. The police posted this on their social media channels and pointed out, they said to the driver that the faster an EV travels, the more power it uses. The police had to explain to this boy genius driver that wind resistance is proportional to the square of the speed. So double your speed and you don't just double the wind resistance, but you increase it four times yeah, because air pushes back increasingly hard. It's not in a straight line, it's exponential. So, you know, if you triple your speed, you would get nine times the air resistance. It's three squared, <laughs> so on. The driver is now facing a hefty fine and a day in court for driving so fast because he had to get home before his battery ran out. And that's your podcast for today. It made me smile. Thanks so much to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, uh, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one map and one app and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.